Well, I'm going to use the Passion Translation um, tonight. And the reason why I'm using the Passion Translation um, in, let's see, we're in 2020. So at the beginning of 2019, um, for our young adult Bible study, God put it in my heart that we would just read the Bible. You know, a lot of Bible studies, they study a lot of different topics and a lot of different things and a lot of different parts of the Bible. But I realized that most people don't read their Bibles. And um, so it was, we started last year and we went through the entire Old Testament book by book. And um, really, it was just in my heart to just go through it. And, you know, we talk about how it applies to our lives today. And we've had some phenomenal discussions, and here we are at the end of 2020, and we are—we um, just finished up Hebrews and James, so that's a lot of where my message is coming from. Um, and we've been—last we, year we read the Old Testament in the New Living Translation, and we read the—did I say old? Yeah. Anyway, and the New Testament this year we read through in the Passion Translation. So that's why I'm sharing because that's where I've been studying out of and that's where I've been this year. And um, it's really, really good. And so the Word of God is really good. And um, it's been, we've had some great times just studying the Word and, you know, talking about the Word of God and how it applies to their to our lives and, and how we walk in it and how it's important. And it's so amazing how every book we've been in has been right in line with what has been going on. And God has just been giving nuggets and giving help and, and giving what people need. And so that's what I'm gonna um, use tonight. Um, and the title of the message is, What Are You Expecting? And um, is that Angelina? Hi, I love you so much. It's so good to see you. Um, um, so the title is, What Are You Expecting? How many of you guys watch football? Anybody watch football or sports, uh, maybe basketball or whatever? Um, I like sports, but I don't like to watch it from beginning to end. I like to come in on the fourth quarter. So usually every year around the Super Bowl, I get the best nap ever. It's like clockwork. I, the game comes on, the sounds, the roars, all of that, the whistles, it puts me right to sleep. And like clockwork, I wake up with like maybe 10, 15 minutes left of the fourth quarter. And to me, that's the game. Like, you know, the first quarter's good, second quarter, you know, you got all this stuff going on. And how many of you know it's only a good game if you have two teams that are actually competing? You know, not somebody that's like, well, they're real good and it's going to be a wipeout. Or, you know, they're really bad. You want some teams going head-to-head, you know, competing, working for it. So when you get to that fourth quarter, it's a phenomenal finish to the game, right? So I feel like right now we're in the fourth quarter of life. And God has a phenomenal finish for us. But right now, we're in a battle. And we've got to fight. And you know, no matter when there's a battle, when there's a war, you know, sometimes you win a battle, sometimes you lose a battle, you know, and that's how things have been. You know, things have been up, things have been down, things have been open, things have been closed. We've lost some people along the way. Maybe some relationships have been lost along the way. Things have happened in this season. Things have happened in this war. But I believe that we are in the fourth quarter. And God wants to know, what are you expecting? 
See, at the beginning of 2020, I'm just going to tell a little bit on myself. At the beginning of 2020, you know how at the beginning of every year, there's always a word that comes forth and, you know, everybody gets excited and it's like, this is what we're going to do this year. We make resolutions. You know, it's a new start. It's fresh. You know, this is 2020. We have 2020 vision. So I decided in 2020, I was like, okay, I've kind of let go of some of my dreams. I kind of let go of some things. I haven't been really diligent in confessing the word and really diligent on the things that I believe that God has placed in my heart. So I'm like, 2020, I'm just going to leap and I'm just going to do it. I'm going to put everything aside, put all fear aside, worry, doubt, anything that's been hindering me from doing stuff. I'm going to put it aside and I'm going to dive into 2020. So we had our young adult conference. It was phenomenal. That's right at the beginning when all of this stuff started. That was the fulfillment of a dream. For seven years, God placed that in my heart. In seven years, we were trying to make that happen year after year. It wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right season. Last year, we spent, um, we did on the fifth, and we did every um, fifth Friday. We came together as young adults, and, and we prayed. We prayed for this generation. We prayed for this city, and then it was like, Boom, God said, now you're ready. And so we had this conference. It was phenomenal. We were going, and boom, this thing hit. And I was like, Lord, this was my year. I'm supposed to find a guy this year. Like, I put it all aside. I was like, that was my expectation. I was like, this is going to be my big faith project for the year. Let's do it, God. And we have to wear masks. Do you know how hard it is to flirt behind a mask? You look like a big dork or a big weirdo, you know? And I'm like, we just set ourselves up to be in an impossible situation. I'm like, God, come on. And he said to me, I'm bigger. I can do the impossible. I specialize in the impossible. Just believe me. And so in this fourth quarter, it's not a time to let go of your faith. It's not a time to be overrun by fear. Like when I was studying for this message, this thing that kept popping up, and actually I'm going to go ahead and share it because God's not going to let me get away from it. It, it was about fear. So I thought, well, you know, am I going to teach on fear? And it, it, I just have to share this because this afternoon when I was praying, it came up again. And it's fear is a natural response when you are facing a battle or challenge, but it is not an acceptable excuse to quit. Over and over in every battle that the people of God face, he, God would always say, fear not. Because he knew that when they were experiencing something that they had never seen before, when they were in situations they had never been in before, that fear was going to come. So he didn't say, you know, he didn't get on them, you know, for having fear, but he just told them, fear not. It's a natural response when you, you experience something to have fear, but you cannot stay in that place of fear. Fear is a tactic of the enemy. He uses it to win battles. And the way we win against fear is we put our trust in God and we speak to that fear and we speak hope to that fear. We speak life to that fear. Fear turns into terror 
when you give fear room and place in your mind and thoughts. See, fear comes, but God tells you to fear not because if you keep entertaining that fear, it turns into terror, and then you start making up all these scenarios that don't even happen. That's why we look around and we don't see very many people in the room. So in this fourth quarter, we can't let fear stop us from doing what God has called us to do. We cannot let fear stop us from assembling together as one in the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, there's a scripture that says that as, the, as Jesus' time draws nigh, and I'm going to quote it all wrong, <laughs> that we should gather more together. It's in there. <laughs> He basically said, you shouldn't be running away from each other, but you should assemble more together. Why? Because there's power in numbers. There's strength when we come together as a body. And so what this thing has done, what this fear has done, it has separated the body. And I don't know about you, but growing up, you know, hearing all these scriptures about end times, and then I'm looking around, I'm like, this is that scripture. This is that. Like, I... You see these different things. I'm like, men's hearts fail for fear. You know, in the end times, this is going to happen. And I'm like, you look around and you see all of that. But we have to keep our eyes on him and we have to keep our expectation on him. So turn with me to Matthew chapter 9, verse 29. And I'm going to um, actually turn to 9, verse 27. I'm going to give you the, the key scripture and then um, we're going to go through um, this Bible story um, what are you expecting? I got this, this question out of this verse, Matthew 9, 29. And remember, I'm reading from the Passion Translation. And it says, you will have what your faith expects. And in this Bible story, Matthew 9, verse 27, it says, as Jesus left the house, two blind men began following him, shouting out over and over, son of David, show us mercy and heal us. And they followed him right into the house where Jesus was staying. So Jesus asked them, do you believe that I have the power to restore sight to your eyes? They replied, yes, Lord, we believe. Then Jesus put his hands over their eyes and said, you will have what your faith expects. What are you expecting? So I'm going to give you six things, and I'm going to try to get through all six. If not, I'll give you just um, a few of them. So <laughs> I'm not going to drag it out. But here are the six things. I'm going to give it to you, and then I'll break them down. Number one, to get what your faith expects, you have to believe. Two, trust. Three, don't doubt. Four, act. Five, don't quit. Six, rest. Now, this isn't the cure-all. This isn't like the, you know, if you do this formula, if you do this and this and that, you know, whatever. This is just what God placed in my heart, and this is just my part that I'm going to share. If you've been around here the last few weeks, you know, Pastor's been teaching on faith, and he's been teaching on love. And he's been teaching on, you know, the process of faith and walking through the process of faith. And this is just my part. So I'm just sharing my part. And I believe that we will see the end of our faith. So, number one, believe. Romans 4.19 says, don't let your faith be undermined by the facts. In spite of being nearly 100 years old, when the promise of having a son was made, 
His faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. We're talking about Abraham. Don't let your faith be undermined by the facts. The facts are, or were, that he was 99 years old. They were too old to have a child. Fact. God made a promise to him, and God was going to bring that promise to pass. Fact. You may be dealing with some type of illness or symptom in your body, and looking at those symptoms and that illness, that, those things are facts. It's real. The fact is, you may have that disease. The fact is, you may have that illness. The fact is, you may have lost your job. But faith says, I receive the promise that God has for me. Don't let the facts undermine your faith. Don't let the facts take away from your belief and expectation of God wants to do in your life. Romans 4, 17 through 21 that's what the scripture means when it says, I have made you the father of many nations. He is our example and father, for in God's presence he believed that God can raise the dead and call into being things that don't even exist yet. Against all odds, when it looked hopeless, Abraham believed the promise and expected God to fulfill it. He took God at his word, and as a result, he became the father of many nations. God's declaration over him came to pass. Your descendants will be so many that they will be impossible to count. In spite of being nearly 100 years old, when the promise of having a son was made, his faith was so strong that it could not be undermined by the fact that he and Sarah were incapable of conceiving a child. He never Never stop believing God's promise, for he was made strong in his faith to father a child, and because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God. The facts say whatever negative thing that you are experiencing, but faith says that the promise is now. Amen? Number two, trust. Romans 4, verse 20 through 21 says, Be fully convinced in the character of God. His character says that he is faithful. Romans 4, 20 through 21 says, He never stopped believing God's promise, for he was made strong in his faith to father a child, and because he was mighty in faith and convinced that God had all the power needed to fulfill his promises, Abraham glorified God. So I, I read that verse again. He was convinced that God would fulfill his promises. If you read through the Bible, you see over and over that God is faithful. You don't see where he says, oops, my bad. Sorry I said that. I really thought I could do that. But you know, you see what had happened was when I woke up this morning, I was tired. You don't see that. You see God parting the Red Sea you see impossible things. You see Abraham and Sarah conceiving a child. Story after story after story after story. You see David defeating a, a, a giant. 
Story after story after story of God's faithfulness. He rained manna down from heaven. I was listening to Minister Darnell this morning. He's talking about, you know, God, heaven's kitchen cooking up manna and raining it down to you. And I was like, I, I'll have to admit, I would have been the one that complained. We have a manna again. I don't like leftovers. <laughs> So I probably would have been the one grumbling and, you know, and when he, and actually when he said, you know, don't store it for the next day, I'd be like, ooh, hallelujah, maybe we'll get some manna with some cheese on it, you know. <laughs> so that would probably be me. But over and over and over, we read about the faithfulness of God and how God takes care of people and how God does the impossible over and over and over again. For us to believe opposite of that doesn't even make sense. For us to believe that God is not faithful, for us to believe that God would not do something for us, absolutely does not make sense. It does not even line up with his word. So why do we let fear tell us something opposite? We know the character of God. The Bible says he cannot lie. He does not lie. He is faithful. He will do what he said he would do. He didn't say, you know, um, if, if it doesn't happen by next week, Friday, then we'll have to come up with a new plan. God's timing is perfect. He knows what, he, what we need, and he knows when we need it, and he will do what he said he would do. What are you expecting him to do? Hide yourself in the faithfulness of God. Hebrews 6.18 says that. So it is impossible, impossible for God to lie, for we know that his promise and his vow will never change. And now we have run into his heart to hide ourselves in his faithfulness. This is where we find his strength and comfort, for he empowers us to seize what has already been established ahead of time, an unshakable hope. You can hide yourself in his faithfulness. You can find comfort, peace, everything you need in his faithfulness. That's what happens when you spend time with him in his presence. He's faithful. And you can just plant yourself in that and trust in that. Wrap your heart around hope. You can have a confident expectation. That's where, what hope is, that God will do what he said he would do. Hebrews 10, 23, in the Passion Translation says, So now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Isn't that good? Isn't that a good father? He always keeps his promises. Not we're going to Disneyland and you wake up and he doesn't feel like it, or, you know, not, you know, I thought about healing you today, but let's do it tomorrow because the game is on. He always comes through. He's reliable. We can count on him. Next, don't doubt. Fasten your faith on to the promises. Hebrews 11.33. Am I going too fast for y'all? I'm sorry. <laughs> 
I always keep running through. That's because I put my I put my scriptures in my notes. <laughs> so I don't have to flip. Hebrews eleven twenty thir- Hebrews eleven thirty three. Turn to that in your Bible. Passion translation. Y'all type quick uh, text messages, so you should be able to flip through that Bible app real quick. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just messing with them. Have to throw a little shade. Don't doubt. Fasten your faith on the promises. Hebrews 11, 20, 33. Through faith's power, they conquered kingdoms and established true justice. Their faith fastened on their promises and pulled them into reality. That's the chapter that talks about the, the heroes of faith, the ones who've gone before us. Don't let doubt win. In the story of Peter walking on the water, um, Minister Darnell brought that up today too. I think he was all in my notes today, you know, some of it. But um, <laughs> in the, the Passion Translation, Matthew 14, 31, um, and in that story in Matthew 14, it talks about how Peter, um, you know, he, he saw Jesus walking on the water and he's like, you know, basically, I want to do that. Can I come, Lord? And Jesus was like, you know, come on out. Come on out of the boat. And Peter started walking. And then the, the waves started coming and things started happening. And so Peter started doubting. And Jesus said to him, and this is in the Passion Translation, what little faith you have, why would you let doubt win? We have things that are going to come against us. I'm going to go off my notes a little bit. Well, I've kind of been off them all night. And uh, um, Destiny is my assistant. And um, she does these things called Spartan races. And I try to talk her out of each and every one of them. <laughs> I express my, my dislike for it. And, you know, she travels. And, and before, she would travel all over. And I'm like, you pay money to race and run and, you know, do all this stuff. And so as I was reading through, this, through the Bible and we were reading through Hebrews and James, you know, God spoke to me and it really helped me, you know, to, to give her a little bit more love when it comes to that. And so I had to express to her, I was like, I guess what you're doing is kind of biblical or, you know, whatever. And, um, you know, she was saying how after every race, she learns something new about herself, and she learns something new about her strength, and um, she always ends up writing these, um, you know, blogs and how God really uses these races to minister her, to her and help her grow in her faith. And if you've ever seen a Spartan race, it's like, um, you know, they have marathons where you just run around, you know, and you, you do different things, and you're outside, and they're really, really long, but then they have these Spartan racers and Tough Mudders or whatever, where you climb over things, you dive in things, you go in mud, you swim from things. You know, you, you do all kinds of things. And um, in preparation for this race that she does, you know, she's got to drink water. She's got to do all these different exercises. She's got to do all these different things. But when it comes to race day, it's not just a straight run. It's over the river and through the woods. <laughs> <laughs> to grandmother's house we go, you know. So you've got to go up hills, down, crawl through mud, pull on stuff, upper body strength. You've got to roll. You've got to do all these different obstacles to get to the end. And at the end, once you get through that race, there's so much joy and there's so much excitement. Why? Because you've pressed as hard as you can press. You've pushed, you know, you've pushed yourself as far as you could push yourself. You've done things 
things that you thought were impossible. You did the hard things. And then when you get to the end and you get that medal, it's like the biggest victory. You know, when we fight this fight of faith, we have a lot of obstacles. We have a lot of challenges. We have a lot of things that we're going to face. But we can find great joy and great victory when we win. Just like I said in the beginning with the story with football, it's not fun watching a game when there's no competition. So we can have faith and we can, you know, say we have faith and life is really good, but until your faith is challenged, until you've been through something, you can't experience great joy. You don't experience what it's like to say, you know what, I did trust God. I believed God. My faith works. God is true. It takes you to a whole new level. And so that's why Jesus said to him, why would you let your doubt win? This was an opportunity for you to grow in your strength, to grow in your faith. This was an opportunity for you to come to me. And it would have taken you higher. And that's why I brought up fear in the beginning. Because don't, you don't want fear to rob you of the greatest victory that you can have. Fear will stop you in your tracks. Fear will tell you you can't. Fear will tell you that God's not able. Fear will tell you that you're not worthy. Fear will tell you that God won't do it for you. Fear will tell you you're the exception to the rule. Everything happened great for everybody else, but fear will tell you it's not going to happen for you. Fear will tell you that your prayers aren't being heard. Fear will tell you your prayers aren't being answered. Fear will tell you you have to stay in that condition. Fear will tell you that's what... People are talking about you. They don't like you. Fear will tell you that you're not doing it right. Fear will tell you all kinds of things. Fear will tell you that this message that you're hearing tonight is not for you. Fear will tell you everybody else can expect it, but I can't expect. Don't let doubt and fear win. Because when you're in doubt, you're basically taking your eyes off of God. It's like that scripture says, you look in the mirror and then you turn away and you forget what you look like. That's what doubt, when you start looking away from the word of God and you start looking to social media for your answers, who's got the latest message? Who's the coolest pastor? Who's, you know, bringing the coolest word that's closest to what, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with and not really addressing my, you know, inner stuff? Who's just saying what's really nice and fluffy? Who's, you know, you got to look at the word. And in these last days, if you don't have the word, I don't know how. I don't know how you're making it. I honestly don't know how. If this season has not caused you to run to him and his word, who are you? Our faces should be planted in this every single day. I thought I knew what today was going to hold, but I, I obviously don't. I need the word of God. We need the word of God. 
I'm short on time. <laughs> Take my time, huh? <laughs> I kind of jumped ahead with that Spartan illustration. That's also part of don't quit. Don't quit. James 1, verse 3 through 4. With don't quit, it says, when your faith is tested, it stirs up power. James 1, verse 3 through 4. And this is in the Passion, so I'm going to just go ahead and read it. It says, my fellow believers, when it seems as though you are facing nothing but difficulties, see it as an invaluable opportunity to experience the greatest joy that you can. For you know that when your faith is tested, it stirs up power within you to endure all things. And then as your endurance grows even stronger, it will release perfection into every part of your being until there is nothing missing and nothing lacking. Trials are an opportunity for you to experience great joy. This season that we're in is an opportunity for us to experience great joy. Because when we come out, you're gonna be like, remember this? Remember when I, you know, I lost my job and how God supplied and met every one of my needs? Remember when, you know, I got sick and I thought I was going to die and God totally healed me? Remember in this season when, you know, church was shut down, but I was able to go and share the gospel with somebody else? Remember in this season, remember, 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 remember when we thought we were losing? But when we're in faith and we're in expectation, we stay close to him. We talk to him. He gives us what we need to get through that season in life. You experience great joy because you, you go through something and the victory is that much sweeter when you get it. You know, it's like those, those football teams who come back, you know, maybe they go into the game as the underdog and everybody's against them. They think that, you know, everybody's like, they're going to lose, you know, whatever. I'm not going to even watch this game, you know, whatever. We know what's going to happen. But then in the end, they pull it all together. And then there's like this crazy victory. Somebody throws a halo pass or somebody throws something. Somebody runs 100 yards and, you know, makes some phenomenal touchdown and you didn't even watch the game, you know? And somebody tells you, did you see that game? And you're like, no, I already knew what was gonna happen, so I didn't watch the game. They stink, so I didn't wanna watch them stink. I didn't want to watch them get up. You missed the game! That's how it is right now. Don't miss the game! We're in the fourth quarter, get it together! Stop chillaxing, Netflix and chilling. That's the new thing. I binge watch this. I binge watch that. What are you binge watching now? I done binge watched all of this stuff. I'm gonna need you to binge watch your Bible. I'm gonna need you to learn a scripture. 
I'm going to need you to speak the word. I'm going to need you to act like a believer of God. I'm going to need you to act like a person of faith. I'm going to need you to step your expectation up because God wants to do some things and God wants to use you, but you Netflix and chilling. Get up. Come on, this is not the time to chill out. Everything locked down, so I'm going to just stay at home and I'm going to just chill. No. Because once the door's open, you should be coming out like, yeah, I'm ready. I've been ready. I'm pumped. I'm so full of the word. You got something wrong with you. I'm ready to lay hands on you. You got something happening. You know, in this season, the devil thought he won, but the devil didn't win. He thought when he took my job, he, had my, he was my source. He thought that I should be discouraged. He thought that I should be upset. He thought he won, but he didn't. I'm coming out with victory. I'm filled with the word. I'm strong in his power. I'm strong in his might. This world is changing because I expect the promises of God to come to pass. I don't expect to be caught up in this world system. I don't expect the world to dictate how the next season of my life is going to be. I like how Minister Darnell said this this morning, this new normal, come on. Why are you buying into that? You're not of this world. You're in it and you're not of it. So their new normal is a new opportunity for you to show them a big God. While they're in fear, you should be in faith. And you should be stepping up and showing them this is how you live. You're in fear? Let me give you something to help that fear. Let me give you something to calm that fear. You lost your job? No worries. I've got someone that'll provide for you, that'll take care of all of your needs. You don't have to worry. You don't have to fret. You don't have to worry about your child. Think about it. All the stuff they've been teaching in the schools and how crazy things have been. And your kids are at home with you. So what are you imparting into them in this season? So when they go back into the school, what are they taking back to school with them? Open your eyes and see. We spend a lot of time complaining, a lot of time going, you know, and I could have complained real good. God, come on. How long I'm going to be single? Now I got to be locked up and single? be whining and complaining. Oh, I'm lonely. You know, I don't have this and I don't have that and I don't have this. And, you know, I could spend a whole, how long, seven months? Is that how you want to spend your time? No. But in the beginning, when those thoughts came, I had to deal with it right away. And I said, no, I still expect God to do what he said he was going to do. We need to expect God to do what he said he would do. He is faithful. He is faithful. I was driving down the street. I was actually coming into the office, and I come to a few stop signs, and as I was driving down the stop sign, or driving down the stop sign, (laughs) driving, anyway, as I got to the stop sign, I was driving down the hill, and I got to the stop sign, 
it was like this revelation just hit me. Why wouldn't you believe God? Why would you even doubt him? What has he done for you? How do you even put him in this little box of not fulfilling his promises to you? And I was like, it, it, it makes more sense for me to believe him. Fear tells me not to expect God to do anything because he'll let me down. So fear tells me to just, you know, just go about life and, it, it, you know, it is how it is and this is how it's going to be. And, you know, don't get your hopes up because if you hope too much and you get let down, it'll be a big letdown. And it'll be very painful. It'll be hurtful. You know, you'll cry and you know, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, but wait a minute. If I'm believing fear and giving in the doubt, then that's what I'm doing. So I might as well be hopeful, right? <laughs> I might as well trust God because the reality is every step of the way he's been there. When I had a need, I had something in my heart that I wanted God to do. It was something so small, but it was a really big deal to me. And I just asked God in prayer. I was like, God, you know, this would be really helpful to me. And God answered that prayer. He had someone call me on the phone and say, hey, you know, I felt like God was telling me to do this. And I'm like, that was God. You did not miss God. Don't stop. Don't, you know, just, just keep going. It was like, that was God. Hallelujah. You know, he cared about this. And all these little things that I just think are not that important, I'll ask him for and I let it go. And then he brings it to pass. And then I'm like, well, what about these big things, God? How come these little things? Like today, I was in line at McDonald's. I love McDonald's. I love Big Macs. <laughs> I was in line at McDonald's, and I was fussing a little bit because, you know, there's two lines, and you, there's a proper way to do a drive through line, okay? And if there's two lanes, this person goes, then you go. This person goes, then you go. But then there's somebody in line that's always nice, and the nice person messes up the flow because then it'll be two cars stuck on this side, and then this side is going, and then it backs up the traffic or whatever. So anybody, somebody was nice in line, and I was fussing a little bit, and I was like, you're not supposed to be nice. You're supposed to just follow the rules, you know? So the nice thing to do is to follow the rules, not, you know, let people in front of you, because anyway, it just doesn't work well. So anyway, I'm fussing a little bit, and the, the woman bought me my lunch. <laughs> It was a big slap in the face. <laughs> I love when God corrects me by being nice. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, he, he just, he got me real good. And I was like, all right, God, thank you very much. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wonder if she was someone for church. <laughs> and I was like, we just left church. It took two seconds for me to get in the, be hangry and fuss at the lady for being nice. And then she was nice to me. And I was like, oh, I'm so glad you've been nice. <laughs> God will still do for you, even when you miss it. Just make the adjustment. Maybe you've been in doubt. Maybe you've been in fear. Maybe you've thought about quitting. Maybe you've quit. 
I want to encourage you tonight. Get back in line with his word. Start expecting again. You will have what your faith expects. You will have what your faith expects. So you have to take whatever step God's telling you to do. Act on his word. I didn't get to that part. But step out. Peter stepped out of that boat. He stepped out. He took a step of faith. He missed it. But man, oh man, when he got it together, 5,000 people got saved in one message? I mean, come on. That's a great comeback right there. (laughs) In this season, God still wants to use you. He still wants to do what he's promised he'll do for you. He hasn't forgotten about you. If he spoke it to you, if he told you his plans for your life, if he told you he would do it, he will. So don't let what's happening now throw you off. Don't let it stop you from receiving what God has for you. And I'm going to close with this scripture. Hebrews 3, verse 12 through 13. It says, so search your hearts every day, my brothers and sisters, and make sure that none of you has evil or unbelief hiding within you. For it will lead you astray and make you unresponsive to the living God. This is the time to encourage each other to never be stubborn or hardened by sin's deceitfulness. Encourage each other. Help each other out. If you see someone hurting, you see someone stumbling. You know, maybe someone's reached out to you and called you on the phone and they're dealing with doubt or they're dealing with some things. Encourage them. Help them get back on track. Share God's love with them. And I like how, you know, pastor's been teaching on faith and he's also been teaching on love because your faith works by love. So watch it in your everyday, how you're treating people. Love people. Love each other. God has good things for you. He has great plans for you. And you will have what your faith expects.